the most interesting information comes from children, for they tell all they know and then stop. Mark Twain. Hello, my name is Gordon and welcome to my podcast. That quote reminded me again of the one last week by Louise Gluck. We look at the world once in childhood, the rest is memory. First of all, I thought her name was Lewis, but thankfully someone gently pointed out that he was a she and she's quite famous. I love the quote and the intent. I would add that we have many first in you know, past childhood, obviously our first kiss, our first romp in the hay, our first car, and on and on. I was wrong about something last week and thought, oh, that's how firsts feel. So now looking back in memory, we're reminded constantly of the things we do and don't like presently. That experience leads to us to avoid certain things and invite other things into our life. I'll add, we can also open the notion that all kisses aren't the same and all ice cream isn't chocolate. Also mentioned last week is the book by Mary Carr titled The Art of Memoir. She's such a snappy writer. Obviously, she's written this to help others write their memoir. It's way more than that, though. She has lots of anecdotes. Here we go. (laughs) Shut up. About herself and her struggles and whatnot. It's fascinating to read and cleverly put together with lots of references to other written memoirs. Here's an example of her reflecting on Russian-American novelist Vladimir Nabokov's poetry as she also discusses his memoir, Speak Memory. I quote, So enchanting is the atmosphere Nabokov conjures in my brain that reading him almost rewires it. I lift my face from a folded down page to find colors brighter, edges sharper. Trash I glimpse on the otherwise shoddy street, a ticket stub, or a lipstick cigarette butt come across as souvenirs from intrigue that dissolve right before I look up. Hmm. Later she adds a quote by English poet Philip Larkin. Speaking of poetry slot machine... You put the penny of your attention into it, pull a handle, and feelings come out. Hmm, I like that. Anyway, Mary Carr, she's cool, and you should read it. Peccadillo, peccadillos, peccadillo. A small, relatively unimportant offense or sin. Peccadillo. I like this word and don't. They don't seem minor offenses when someone else does them to me, but of course they are when I do them to others. It is wild how we can turn the smallest of grievance into the worst offense. That's a whole podcast by itself. Someone a while back asked me to read The Homesman by Glendon Swarthout, and I'm glad I did. This book is was turned into a movie like many of his others. What I like the most is he doesn't waste words. The story was perfectly paced with a few surprises along the way. In summary, the story takes place in the 1850s American West. Four ladies have gone mad and are being transported back east by a man named Briggs and a lady named Mary B. Along the way, she falls for him, of course, 
And this, and this one exchange they shared that stood out and made me laugh, Mary be speaking. I see, so you won't marry me, Briggs. Nope. <laughs> Mary B., will you think about it from here to Hebron and talk with me about it again? Briggs, sure, talk is cheap though. And later he adds, I'm married to myself and that's plenty. There's so much here I love, it's simplicity and the cut to the chasteness of it. I'd like to adopt it as my communication style. Anyway, I love this book and have ordered a couple more of his. All right, so let's shift gears and focus on the word hate. Hate, hate. Who pops into your mind? For me, no one. I've actually never hated anyone, not in my entire life, not even close when I really think about the word hate. Why give someone that much clout? Not me. However, there are a few people that come to mind that I don't like, and I'll mention one here. He's 79 years old, born in Lyons, New York. His coaching record is 1,116 and 441. His team has participated in three national championship title games and won a national championship in 2003. He's a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's been an assistant coach to the U.S. men's national basketball team three times after suffering prostate cancer in 2001. He and his wife, Julie, founded the Jim Beheim Foundation, which is devoted to child welfare, cancer treatment, and prevention. He's the kind of coach you dislike unless he's yours. That's probably why I don't like him. And don't get me started on Robert De Niro. I do know I'd punch him if I saw him. No, I'm not proud, but I'm not not proud either. I do hate rain when we pour concrete and mud on clean carpet and fish that don't bite and camping in cold weather. That's about it. Met a buddy at a cabin he's building the other day. He said he wanted my advice until I actually started sharing it. <laughs> he quickly reminded me that he never built a home before, even though he's been in the building game his entire life. After hugging him, I reminded him that I was there to protect him from himself. We compromised and went to lunch. Honestly, I was honored to be there and moved that he sought my counsel. Reading three books by Malcolm Gladwell, The Tipping Point, Blink, and Outliers. He's a bit pound you over the head with same information in a myriad of ways, but I like his intent and his intentions. In the book Tipping Point, he discusses how epidemics start and how trends get legs, the impetus of things. I'll not dive into details, but we, but we each have influence. It reminded me of my mentioning Matt Haig and his books, specifically The Midnight Library. What I do know is that he's sold more books because of me mentioning it. I set a trend. Two book clubs have added to their list, and many of my friends have read and shared feedback regarding it. I know that he's the reason... It's great, but all great things don't get noticed without help from others, and I hope I've helped spur him on. I doubt he's noticed, but I hope he feels better because of me, since I do because of him. 
chatting with a friend the other day and we were rambling about life and how shitty and unsettling it can be and how overwhelming it can feel and this popped out of my brain. Life knocks you around, grounded then not, and the knots will come, but the other is great, so we keep punching the clock. Remind yourself that you'll live many lives in this one. It made sense to me. My new favorite band that doesn't want to be called a band, so they call themselves an orchestra, is Manchester Orchestra. I like the song, The Sunshine, and someone pointed out, if you listen to The Alien, The Sunshine, and The Grocery in order, they are a continuous song that shares a story. Plus, they're from Georgia. Go listen. Okay, so I wrote another poem. I like it. I hope you do, too. The Dream Sitting within white walls, clear tubes winding to and fro like roller coasters, penetrating veins, delivering drugs, dulling pain, so cold, exhaling misty clouds, machines beeping rhythmically, viz New York City traffic, a stethoscope chess piece pressed to my eye, what do I see within me? There I am, standing in the great room, a deck of emotions in hand, slinging them onto the floor one by one, feeling them all. Fear, anger, and sadness, three of a kind. Dealing two more, joy and surprise, make a full house. While envy cowers alone, all stands in the chair. Compassion sits on the warm hearth with grief dealt next, leaning into its shadow. And disgust steps over each with contempt. The river card is trust, binding one to the other as love hovers above them all like a god, comforting each where they are as they are, blinking awake in the comfort of my bed, a card in hand, happy to be alive. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.